Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Are you guys excited about today? I know it's warm in here and cold outside and we have this major contrast, especially those of us who like it cooler. Um, and uh, this morning I told them, I was like, hey, can we just turn off the, the heat? And they were like, no, you got to suffer just like we suffer during the, win- uh, during the summer with all the cold air. So we had to suck it up and, and enjoy the, the warm inside. Amen. I, I do want to say this, though. Sometimes when it's warm, uh, we have a tendency to want to go to sleep. So no going to sleep. All right. Stay awake. Be excited about what God is doing. Remember, again, guys, listen, it is it is based on your expectation, what you get. OK, if, if you come in and you say, you know what, I'm just here to check off that box for the week. Guess what? You'll leave out with that box checked, but you'll leave out the same way you came in. But if you really want your life to be changed, then you got to be saying, you know what, I'm here because I need to hear something from you, Father. And so God has given me something to talk about and I want to I want to deal with this. It's something that we've touched on and I want to go back to. But we talked uh, two weeks ago about the spirit. Before I go, I want to say again, thank you to everybody who came out for Harvest Festival, who who were a part of Harvest Festival, who worked the games, who gave the candy, who handed out the food. All of you guys are awesome. Thank you guys for for what you've done. And there's something that we've got to do at the end because we took up for a couple of people who were willing to sign up. We had uh, uh, we took up their names and, and gave them a ticket. And today we're supposed to do the drawing for that. So if they're present, they get it. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that at the end. But I wanted to make sure that we continued on about spirit because this is, is crucial. And I want you to remember this so much that we talked last time and remember that we are spirits. These bodies that we have, they're just suits. You ever seen a knight, you know, back in the times when the knights would get into, I know you haven't seen a knight, but you know on television, when you've seen the, the, the knight get inside his suit of armor. Well, the armor wasn't his suit, wasn't, wasn't who he was. It was just a suit. It had no animation. It couldn't move until the person got inside of it. And that's the same way these bodies are. Remember in the beginning, God formed the body and then he breathed. And when he breathed into it, man became a living soul. Right. But the body was just dirt until God breathed into it. So we are spirits and we live in bodies and we have souls. And so we have to deal with spirit. And so last week. Uh, excuse me, two weeks ago, we talked about spirit and that's just the surface that we touched on uh, those two weeks ago. I want you guys, if you didn't hear it, go back and listen to the podcast. Make sure you're keeping up through the podcast on things that you miss because it's so important to stay up so that we don't have to keep going way back. Right. I remember being in school and a teacher would talk about something. And if I didn't look it over when I got home, I forgot what she talked about and I didn't even know how to do the work. 
So the more that I looked over it, the more it became a part of me, the easier it became, the more it was ingrained into my life. And so I want to make sure I say that to you. And so we talked about that. And so this week, I want to talk about John chapter four again. And we talked about the woman at the well. But I want to show you something before we get there. Now, you got to remember that John's gospel was different than the other three because John was not talking to the Jewish people. He was, but he wasn't only talking to them. Okay, John was talking to everyone, even those people who were outside of covenant at the time. He was trying to make it reasonable. It's like this in Matthew, Mark and Luke. They were all uh, Hebrews. But in this case, they used idioms. They used sayings that most people wouldn't understand. Have you ever heard somebody, you know, for you older people, you may not get this, but this is a, a, a negative term. But we're going we're gonna to turn it positive in a minute. Uh, have you ever heard that, that, that somebody's thirsty? A young lady is thirsty. If you haven't heard that, right, you don't know what that means, right? So if I were to put that into a conversation or a context, you would have no clue what it meant. And that's the way they did. Or if I said something like I, I said, if you take this, this, this light bulb here and you, you, you unscrew the other one, you screw it back in. And then I say, and Bob's your uncle, you wouldn't have any clue what I'm talking about, would you? Because it's sayings that we don't say in our everyday life. And that's what they did in Matthew, Mark and Luke. And so a lot of times when you're reading that, if you don't know the history or you don't, you're not ingrained in their society, you miss what they're talking about. But John was different. John had a message that was universal and he spoke it to everyone. And what John did now, you have to remember this about John. John, in his gospel, referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. He never said John. He always said, hey, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, that's a that's a significant thing because he understood who he was. But he was making sure everybody else knew it, too. And so here he is. He's talking about it. But I thought about this as I was getting prepared for this message and I already had it written down. But as I was just going back over it in my heart with God, God started to show me something. That John did that was significant. And I started to look at it and I said, he sure did. In John chapter one, he opens up with in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And then he later says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father. That's in verse 14. OK, and that's in chapter one. Then chapter two, he does something that everybody else doesn't do. He skips all the birth story and all of that. And he goes right into Jesus's first miracle. Right. He does something different. So he tells us about the word. He tells us about the word is God and the word is Jesus. He makes it clear the word, who the word is and our need for the word. And then he jumps over to his first miracle and he starts to talk about it in John two. I'm going to read. I promise I'm going to read scripture. I'm just kind of reviewing and moving us along. OK. <clears throat> and so in John chapter two, he talks about the first miracle and the first miracle happens at a wedding. And he says, take these clay pots, clay pots, clay pots, clay pots, fill them with what does he say? Fill them with water. He says, take these clay pots and fill them with water. Now, we talked about this a couple of Sundays ago. So for those of you who weren't here, you may not know this. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let you in on what they should know if they're a good class. Right. But here's the thing is that water represents the word. 
So here he is in the first thing he tells us who the word is. Then he shows us again. And the next one, his first miracle has to do with word again. And he puts word in clay pots. Now, I told you in the beginning that we are spirits, but we live inside bodies and bodies are made. What did he make us from? Dirt. So he's putting that word inside of this dirt again. And this is his first miracle. But then this time he goes a little farther and he says, I got I got to reveal a little something more to you because I got to get you somewhere. That's what this book is doing. It's telling us and taking us on a journey because it's different than the others. And so he says this. He says, now I'm going to fill this clay pot with water. You know what water is from the first chapter. You know, word. And now I'm filling you with word, which is water. And now there's something that happens that didn't come from without. Right. Nobody had to pour that in. Something happened internally, but it was a miracle. It was something that you couldn't do on your own. That water turned into wine and wine always represents what spirit. So here he is. He's getting us with water. He's getting us with word. He's getting us with water and word. And then he turns it into spirit. Then in the next verse, the next chapter, he talks about some more stuff in it that's significant. But I don't have time. OK, I don't have time because I'm going somewhere else. Then in John chapter three, everybody knows this. This is why it was significant for the world. Everybody knows you got it tatted on you. Right. You got it on your wall. You got it in your bathroom. You got it in your book. You got it on your desk. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But the reason why he told him this, we forget, is that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and God said, you can't just be born of water. Right. But you must be born again of spirit. So here's John showing us this little journey. Right. And then he gets to John chapter four. Okay, let's read that again. John chapter four, we're going to read um, to 26. okay? and then I'll go back and touch it all. So John chapter four, starting in verse one, he says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Now, remember, in, in this, we'll see that Jesus had to talk about John earlier in the in the previous chapter. Because the people were beheading, getting ready to behead him because they didn't like who he was. So they were looking to do the same thing, although it tells us here in verse two, though, Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. But the word was getting out that it was Jesus baptizing more. Oh, man, here they come. They want to do me just like they did. John the Baptist, they want to cut my head off, but my time's not yet. And that's not the way I'm supposed to go. Remember, because we talked about the reason why he needed to go on the cross was he was showing what relationship between God and man and excuse me, God, uh, yeah, God and man and man and man. Amen. That's why he used that vehicle. So here we are again. And he says, OK, so because this is happening, he's leaving. <laughs> let me get out of town for a little bit. Let me let everything settle down a minute because these jokers trying to get me. And it's not my time. I got other stuff I need to do. So let me get going. So he left in verse three. 
left Judea and departed again into Galilee, he must needs go through Samaria. Remember that Samaria was a place that people didn't travel because if you were a good Jew, you stayed away from that area. Okay, that was that was that was an area you didn't go. All right. That was like going to New Orleans, stay off Bourbon Street. Okay, (laughs) he was like, we don't go through there, but he had to go through there. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was the sixth hour, about the sixth hour. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. That's significant. We're going to talk about that in a second. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. All right. That's our first clue already. Right. Then woman, uh, uh, the woman, excuse me, saith unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep from whence then hast thou that living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob? Now, now, let me touch this before we go on. You some some of us don't really read our Bibles in 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 a way that we can piece this together. But Jacob. Was later turned from Jacob, his name was later turned from Jacob to anybody know what it was? Israel. Okay, so he's talking about the father, basically, of Israel, which is himself and all his children. That's what they call the children of Israel. All right. Are you greater than Jacob? And of course, Jesus is smiling and saying, yeah, if you only knew. Which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be a well in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither Come hither to draw. That's another significant thing that I didn't get a chance to touch. Don't let me miss touching that. Okay. And then it says, and Jesus said unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman says, answered and saith, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou hast is not thy husband. And that saith thou truly. The woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the father. Ye worship, ye know not what. Right. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour cometh and now is say now is 
Now is when true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and truth for the father seeketh such to worship him. For God is now in your Bibles, you may have a but that is added at the translation translator's discretion. That shouldn't be there. God is spirit. He's not a spirit. He is spirit. Okay, he is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. And when he, uh, he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Now, he goes through this whole dialogue and we see it all. I wanted to read it because I'm just going to refer to it now. And I, I want you to understand that Jesus comes from where he was and he goes to a place where most Jews won't go. And he goes there, but he goes there and he sits by a well. And it said he needed to go. And he sat by the well and the Bible says that he himself was wearied. He was tired. And he came at a later hour of the day and he sat by the well and he sat alone. His disciples, all 12 of them, or even if he was taking more than that, even if he was taking the rest of them, he had them with him. They all went to buy meat. That's kind of strange that they all went to buy meat. How many people does it take to go get meat? But they all went to go get meat. And here he is sitting by the well at an hour that's a little later. And the reason why they told us it was the sixth hour is because they wanted us to know that it was a later time than the normal time is for people to go to the water. Normally the women had two times that they went. They went in the morning and they went in the afternoon, but this was at a later time and he's sitting there at this specific time because the Bible makes it clear. Remember the Bible doesn't do anything. It's not written without anything that's of significance. Are you with me? Come on now. And so it's telling us at a later time. And here comes this lady. Now, the significance of this is that it lets us know he's really waiting on her. Because she was remember, remember, she told us later on that she had five husbands or Jesus said that she had five husbands and she was with a man that wasn't her husband now. Now, you know that I, I, I don't I don't want to say this about ladies in general, but let me just say it about the water cooler. When you come to the water cooler at work, it's, it's known it's an idiom that we say in, in the world that you go to the water cooler to do what? Gossip. Now, when the ladies came down to the watering place, the well to gain water, wonder what they was talking about. Because this lady decides not to come at the same time the other ladies comes. She comes at a different time because she knows what they're talking about. She knows they're talking about her and she don't want She ain't got no time to deal with that. Because she's doing her. She may not be right, but she's doing her. And she stays away from them because she's embarrassed too. Of how they're speaking about her. And she comes later. And Jesus is waiting specifically on her. 
And he has a conversation with her because he's wearied and he asks her for something that we only see Jesus ask for twice. And all the time that we read through scriptures, Jesus ever only ever asked for this twice. Once at this place. And once on the cross. When he says, I thirst. The truth of the matter is, when we read this and he's asking this woman for water, he's really saying, I'm thirsty. Now, I want you to understand this this thing of thirst. I, I, I heard a minister talk about this and man, it blew my mind and I loved it. But I want I want you to understand thirst is not water. Thirst is not even the need for water. Thirst is your body telling you that you have a need for water. Did you know that? You got to remember this, man, that thirst is your body telling you that you need something. Now, I said this, I said this because I, I, I want you to understand this thing. They're having this conversation and Jesus deals with water for a long period of time. But that's the same thing that John, the writer, has been talking about throughout all of this is water and spirit. And Jesus deals with water and he needs to get her to understand water. But the problem is, and I told you this before, many of us are like this lady and we misinterpret What's being posed to us now, this lady misinterpreted, misinterpreted Jesus, because I told you this before. If you go back and listen to me talk about this message before. She thought that Jesus was giving her a pickup line. When he said. Give me some water, please. He she thought he was hitting on her. But that wasn't the case. He was trying to get something to her. And the Bible shows us that she misinterpreted this because what we needed to see is that for us. Just like many times, can I tell you, and I said this two weeks ago, I said a lot of times I wake up and I'm thirsty. But I go to the refrigerator and grab something to eat. When my boys were little, they their bodies, they misinterpreted their bodies all the time. They didn't know if they had to go pee pee or or number two. They couldn't tell the difference between because they didn't understand their bodies. And a lot of times, many of us don't understand our bodies and what we have need of. And instead of going to get water. When we're thirsty, we go get something to eat. But, you know, there's another thing that happens to us when we're thirsty. Sometimes we're thirsty. And instead of going to get something to eat, right, we may not misinterpret it for something to eat. We instead go get a soda. We instead go get some juice. And we grab that and we wonder why it may have wet our tongues. But it didn't satisfy our thirst. I want to say that because so often many of us misinterpret our body's need. And we run for the carbonation of the world. 
and we start chasing after what the world has to offer when we're really missing water. Did you know that your body was made up of almost two thirds water? You have need for water. But we misinterpret this thing so often. And that's why many times men chase after women for sex. When what we really need. Is water. We're really looking for God. I'm thirsty. You know, that saying that. The girl is thirsty. For those of you who don't know what that means, that means she's looking for a man. She's on the, she the trail. She's so thirsty, she's chasing a guy. That's what that term meant. But what I want to say is, a lot of times we are thirsty, but it's thirsty for Jesus. And it's so often that we misinterpret this thing. Can I tell you something, ladies? Sometimes you misinterpret the same thing. Like, guys, we chase girls. We're looking for sex. Can I tell you something? We misinterpret the feeling of sexual desire for thirst. Ladies, you misinterpret the need for God and his leadership, and you chase men to get it. And you want the man to be your God when he can never be perfect. He could never fulfill the need. That you're putting him on the pedestal to do. You're setting him up for failure. So often we misinterpret what we need. And Jesus is saying to her, he tells her this and she misinterprets her need. And we see that she chases the carbonation of the world and religion because as soon as he tells her that, guess what she does? She switches over and she starts talking religious. She starts to speak Christianese because she's chasing something that doesn't satisfy. She said, OK, well, if I misinterpreted you for wanting me for sex. I misinterpreted that now. Now, maybe it is that you're a religious man. So let me talk to you about religion so you can we can be on the same page. And that's wrong. That's not what he's even trying to get to either. He says all of this to lead her back to what we started with spirit. And he begins to say, God is spirit. What you're missing is that you're made up of spirit. You are spirit and you need spirit. You've been thirsty. You've been chasing. You've been running after this. Listen, even the world is running after. Did you notice that the world is so thirsty and they're looking for the way to solve that problem of the thing that they're missing that will satisfy people even now say I'm spiritual. You hear that all the time in the world. I'm spiritual. What does that even mean? You don't know what that means. It just simply means you chasing everything, looking for the only thing that can satisfy, which is Jesus. And here they are in this situation, and he begins to deal with this. We are spirit, and we must understand how to worship in spirit. You know, one thing I see 
so often is that we come in to service and we go through the motions of praise and worship. Come on, let's be honest. Most of us go through the motions of praise and worship. We forget to get lost in this as a connection with the father. And instead, it's a duty that we do to get to this because we misinterpreted that this is not the only piece. All of it should be our act of worship. Did you understand that this is this is so good that Judah was the fourth son? Listen, he was the fourth son, but yet his tribe is the tribe that always went out first in battle. They led the way into battle. Anytime that Israel had an, had a, a situation where they had to go into battle, Judah, Judah would, would be the, his, his, the, the, the tribe that all the kids of Judah would go out first in the front. And there was a significance to this, but we didn't get it because we don't understand what Judah means. I told you that ed, uh, you know, etymology is something that we don't get. We don't understand the, 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 what, what names mean. And his name is praise. Before every battle, praise was to go before. Can I tell you, that's why we do praise before we do this. That's the that's the reasoning behind why we do it, at least here, I will say. Because praise is always supposed to go forward first. Now, guess what tribe Jesus came from? Anybody know? Just guess. I mean, come on. I mean, I ain't named but one. Come on. Judah. That's why he's called the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's one of his names. What a wonderful name it is. That's one of his names. And he's supposed to go before us in praise. But so often, and I'm hurrying, guys. I've taken a long time. But listen at this. But so often, we put praise off somewhere over here that when it's all done, then we'll give praise. And we wonder why we never see victory. Because we forgot to send praise forward first. And so God is saying that this is a spiritual thing. And I need you to follow what I'm saying in spirit because this is where I'm trying to get you. I need you to understand that it's not just water, but I got to get you some spirit too. I got to teach you to be thirsty for the spirit. I got to teach you to be thirsty so that when we come in, we're not doing this, doing praise and worship. Or we just come in late. Right. We have to understand that this is a part of worshiping in spirit and in truth. And it's something, listen, that you're thirsty for, but you're filling with the wrong stuff. And he's trying to get you to understand this thing. And he tells her from giving a natural example, because we so that's why he had to talk about being born in, in chapter three. He had to give a natural example 
And he told the guy that was leading, he said, you one of the leaders and you don't understand this natural thing. How am I going to tell you something spiritual? You ain't going to understand that. It is crucial for you to learn to get from just water to fill in your thirst with spirit. And so we're going to deal with that in the coming weeks. We're going to really dig into who we are as spiritual beings understanding actions in the spirit, understanding how the word fills us with spirit. Okay. We're going to talk about all of that, but you got to keep coming. I know I talked a long time, but anytime I miss a Sunday, I got a lot to say on the next one. So you just have to bear with me next week. I won't have as much to say. I won't be as long, but come on back and hear it. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. That your word is true and, and forever settled in heaven. Father, I thank you that you are the one that we thirst for. That you are spirit and we learn to worship you in spirit and in truth, Father God. That we learn to take this journey of this water that we need and turn that into saying that we are spirit. So therefore, just like our bodies that are made up of water, need water. Our spirits are spirit and we need spirit. We need the connectivity with you, Father. Thank you that we stop misinterpreting this need for the need for other things. And we open our word. We spend time in prayer, Father God. We spend time in your presence. We make sure that even on snowy days, we come to service. Even when we're not feeling the greatest, we come to service. Even when we're tired, we come in. Because this is the place that you said, don't forsake. So that you could be able to be encouraged in spiritual things. I thank you, Father. 